0: Newsweek presents The Debate with Andrew Tolman.
1: Everything 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, is a negotiation. Raheem Brooks. This is a common good that we are talking
0: about. Amani
2: Wells on Yoha. I'm completely fed up with whether it's politicized or not. And Jeff Charles.
0: That distracts us from actually rolling up our sleeves. The Debate starts now.
3: So, i uh, been gone a little while. Good to see all of you. Good to see uh, you. Good to see you. <laughs> now. Yeah enjoying your summers um, you don't call you don't write done, right? I know I was gonna say I hope you're enjoying your summers the only things that might interrupt it might be the Republican debate from a couple of weeks ago and understanding that the state of one of our major parties continues to be in peril even when the big orange man
1: is not in a room did you all watch it
2: oh yeah I watched some of the the cliff notes yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I watched <laughs> it I think I I think I only watched it like six times so yeah
3: right right Right. Well, uh, it was boring. But besides, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel ashamed to say because I'm like it almost means like I'm trying. to It's like saying Candyman three times, right? Like it was boring.
1: It was boring. Yeah, which way do you that. want it? You want it interesting, or right, do you want right, it, you right, know right, you, right. you want policy wonk, wonk stuff? What's going on, man? But I, let me just put it this way. It I concur, was, by the way. I concur. Uh, very boring. It was not
3: what I expected at all. Like the folks I expected to step up and shine didn't, the folks who mm-hmm. I like, you know, didn't know anything about, like the Vek Ram Swami somehow captivated yeah. me in his swarmy way. Um, so I'm just, I'm just curious to start a conversation about what that debate says about the state of one of our two major parties. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm interested in this is that, I'm one of those folks on the left who likes to say to my friends on the left, we need a strong conservative party. Nancy. Yeah, exactly. They've been always ready to kick me in the throat about this. But actually, Mm -hmm. all all I mean is not like, you know, that you just need two sides. We could be in a parliamentary system. But what I really mean is like you need kind of representativeness of the middle of the electorate or you lose their interest and then potentially lose the democracy grand statements. I've said enough, somebody jump in.
1: Well, I, th- I think you need a robust de- democratic party. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad for the other voices because obviously they represent something significant in the American mm-hmm. electorate. And if that's not represented in the two party system, then those people are marginalized. If you don't feel like you participate in in the democracy, then you find satisfaction in other means. And that's not a healthy thing. So I'm, I'm with you. I, uh, I think all the pieces of the, you know, American salad bowl or whatever metaphor we're going with these days need to be represented. And I thought, I thought on the debate stage, you, you, to the, to a degree you had the, even the Trump wing of the Republican Party represented, of course, with uh, Vivek, who's auditioning for VP or press secretary, or I don't know what he's doing, um, <laughs> clearly been not running for president, but that's fine. Um, he's qualified. So uh, on the stage anyway, uh, you know, and obviously DeSantis is in, in trying to capture the Trump element without being Trump. But, you know, you had the moderates, uh, Tim Scott, um, who I think underperformed his capability, Nikki Haley, who. Early. Did fantastic. Uh, I thought she was probably the best showing of the night. And um, and then you've got the also rands who are probably going to drop off pretty quickly, I would think.
0: But but here's my thing. I mean, Rakim, you talked about having to have a party that kind of represents different parts of America or having parties that do that. And Andrew, you alluded to that, too. I thought it was very ironic that they started out talking about the song Richmond North of Richmond by <laughs> Oliver Amping. Well, and funny. to me, it just it kind of reflects that. I don't think either party really represents the people at all, because mm-hmm. they were talking about this song and the populist message that pretty much anybody can relate to. And then Oliver Anthony came out later and said, yeah, that song was written about those guys, about the people who were on that. <laughs> right. 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 So I think that really that that was a I think that was a very light bulb moment for some people because. The, the, the people on that stage do not represent most of, of of America. And I can say that about the Democrats, too. But right now we're talking about Republicans. And I just I didn't see anything in there that indicated that anybody on that stage really was interested in what the average American thinks and what they're going.
1: Through. Yeah, that's that's, that's probably true. Like and by the way, way, sorry, I forgot. I forgot the anti-Trump wing, the Chris Christie wing. So also represented on the stage. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Emma Hutchinson too. I was yeah. saying
2: it just—you can just tell everybody's there for the theater of it all. Like they're here to that R- Vivek wants a TV show. Clearly, he wants to be a celebrity, y'all. And it's yeah. like there's a million routes you could have took to do there, running for president. I mean, I guess, I guess you have the money to do it, but his intentions are pretty clear. And mm. as far as everybody else, Ronald, his time is running up because he doesn't have Ronald. the personality to do this. He's trying to fill this Trumpian gap, babe. You don't have the material. You're Mm. not him, okay? Like some people are just him and he's not one of those people. He looked really awkward and kind of weird and nervous up there. And I feel like that's something that a lot of Americans were able to see too, was just like, oh, maybe he's not who I thought he was. And Mm. as far as Nikki Haley and everybody, it's just a lot of ambition, like, I respect the ambition, you know, get your money, get your goals, do what you want to do. But like you're saying, Jeff, is anybody really there to make America better? I didn't get a sense of that. Like, I just see that people are here trying to play this game, trying to play their part. They know the presidential debate is a thing that's necessary and has to happen. But it seems like they all have their agenda in mind. And I don't think any of it is really to advance the country in one way or the other.
3: Yeah. You know, Jeff, you bring up an interesting point that I hadn't considered. Uh, I didn't know what that country song was. And it was so bizarre to me that that was a uh, question, but then it reveals what party I'm in. Um, but in any case, uh
1: you know, I really thought it, it's about you know, out of touch elites, Rakeem.
3: Yes, I know. Here we go, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I kid, I kid. North of Richmond, no less, <laughs> where I live. So, you no, know, but I actually thought. Um, I thought that the people on the stage are trying to capture the non-Trumpian wing, which is the rich man north of Richmond folks who like that song. So I guess my view is that there's a silent kind of middle, not silent. They're kind of gasping for air. They're like doing their very best to hold on to some part of the Republican Party and that those were their representatives. And if I were them, I would feel like, is this really the best that we have to offer? So it's kind of a blending of your and Amani's perspective, like, no, they weren't speaking to the everyman, but that wasn't that that's never been their audience. In fact, that's why Trump was able to come in and take over the party in the way that he was. But they should have at least been speaking to what in theory is 50 percent of their party that believes that there should be, I don't know, a strong military and low taxes and all the traditional um, Republican talking points. And I, I saw a little cause for inspiration other than maybe Nikki Haley, as someone else said uh, is a great general election candidate, but might not make it very far in the primaries.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the still, concern. I mean, she represents more of the, the neocon wing of the party anyway. So she held her own in, in the debate. But I think what you touched on, Rakeem, yeah. was something that I was going to say before. There's a reason why I said after that debate that Donald Trump won that debate, mm-hmm. because everybody on that stage was not speaking to the everyman and whether he is whether this perception is accurate or not, whether you love him or hate him. Trump has persuaded a lot of people that he is more like them, even though he's basically a member of the elite class. He is the everyman. He eats at McDonald's. He likes fast food. I mean, he has convinced these people that he is actually in their corner more so than any other Republican has in, in a long time. So that's what was really absent from that stage. And, you know, The people who were there were trying to kind of channel that, but I don't think that they succeeded at all. I don't think they really connected. I mean, Trump is still way ahead in the polls, and there's a reason why. I mean, that song,
1: even though the author has come out and said it's not a Republican song, that song could be Trump's theme song. Right. Like if he were to, you know, the the people who vote for him love that song. They love the harshness of it. They love the swearing in it. They love the you know, there's nothing polished about it. The the honesty, the anger, the resentment, sort of all of that. And really, I kind of thought that the setup was like some, you know, producer had an idea and they thought, oh, can we can be hit by doing it this way? But in a way, it was it was basically a hey, you know, here's Trump. What do you have to say about that? Like, how do you react to him not being here as represented in the people who love that song?
2: It's just crazy that even though he was absent, the whole debate kind of revolved around him. Still, like they know who the big Kahuna is. They know who the competition is, and, and I think the, the, the room—literally, it's the elephant in the room—and I think. It's just interesting to me because I feel like they're just trying to see who can get as close to popularity as he is. Like, do any of these people on the stage actually think they have a real chance at winning or is this just something they're doing just because? Because that's another concern of mine is just seeing even after seeing the debate, just how strong of a lead he has in the party. These people aren't even coming within 10 points, 15 points or 20 points. So it's like I understand them and I kind of respect them. For even having the debates, we're going to get to that um, later on. But it's just interesting to see, like, y'all are really just doing this to do it. And they're clearly aiming to do something else political down the line. And this is just kind of their segue into that. But Trump has a chokehold on this party. And we keep talking about like this middle area. I think it's a lot of middle. It's so much middle left because each party has its extreme quote unquote wings and there's just giant portions of the country who are being neglected every day because we're not talking about like y'all saying the regular issues in America. We're talking about a whole lot of theater, a lot of nonsense and a lot of very siloed um political quote unquote points, but we're not even talking about the meat of America. So when we say like oh we want a strong Republican Party or a strong Democratic Party. The American people want that, too. But do we have anybody involved in the political process who's trying to give that to them? I don't know anymore.
1: But isn't that kind of I mean, I don't disagree with you, but isn't there something politically savvy about recognizing that? probably for worse, not for better, but Americans are eager for the circus, right? Like the distraction, the entertainment, the zingers, who's the best at the political circus? Well, Trump is, okay. He's fabulous at it. Uh, You know, next best runner up might've been Chris Christie on the stage, but um, you know, the old theory is like, if you can't fix people's problems, at least give them something to be excited about supporting, right? Give them the, give them the drama, give them the gladiators, give them the whatever. And uh, I don't, I mean, I, I found it repugnant the way the the debates got covered. Like the only clips that really got an abundant amount of airtime afterwards were the zingers. And I'm sitting here, you know, I care about the policy. I care about the character. I care about the substance of the answers. And apparently I'm one of the few, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's I not think, healthy either. I right. America,
0: I think America has always loved political theater, but. Now in 2023, when we have Twitter, Facebook, and we have cable news, all that, I think that we are even more obsessed with the show, more so than the substance. I mean, really, the fact that Trump won in 2016 is an indicator of that. Trump is an entertainer. He's he, he's a ringmaster, and he's very good at that. And now you're seeing this new crop of of politicians who are very much famous on social media, but they don't have much substance. When they get elected, they don't do much. And Yes, I'm talking about AOC. I'm talking about MTG. I'm talking about all of those people that say a lot and they know how to get people's attention to make people feel good. Mm -hmm. But what are they actually doing?
2: It's not a lot of doing happening at all. And that's really my whole problem. And we keep saying that's a good point, Andrew, too. Like, yes, And it's like, who's at fault here? Is it the media's fault for only showing the zingers and the theatrical parts of it? Is it the American people and the voters fault for continuing to participate in this or continuing to encourage this type of behavior? Like who's really at fault? Because we are going to continue to get politicians who run and get elected. And that's they, they think that's the whole job. The whole job is just to be a congressman, be a governor, be a senator, be a insert job here. But there's not a lot of legislating actually going on. And yeah, it's sad that policy isn't a focus for these debates. Like and that's what I mean by the whole point of the conversation isn't about bettering the country. It's about who can get the most airtime like they're not even discussing policy positions or the policy positions they do discuss. It's like the same two or three of them when like there's like 79 issues (laughs) that did everyday Americans every day and we keep talking about these same two or three issues that it's redundant at this point like let's talk about something else but they're not going to because of what reason i really don't even know i don't even know what the whole point of all of this stuff is i'm becoming like you Jen. just burn <laughs> it all.
3: i just wondered i think all that all that's exactly right um but the piece of the puzzle that was really missing to me was what was anyone's strategy on that stage? It seemed to me Michael Jordan isn't there for the first half of the game. Right. Or at least let's call it a quarter one first debate. Right. So this is your chance to run up points. Right. To have some sort of strategy that suggests while he's not in the room, while he's not on the court, there's something else we can be doing, some other ways that we can reflect who we are to this middle section, this 50 plus percent of the party that theoretically wants someone other than Trump. And it made me wonder, is the entire party actually collapsing under the weight of Trump? I mean, even the operatives, because it suggested no one did no one come in with the game plan or did they just not execute on them? Tim Scott was flat. And I thought this was sort of his opportunity to distinguish himself because he wasn't really in the DeSantis Trump um, realm. And so everything you all are saying is right. But it left me with this feeling of um, this, this heaviness that, oh, they had their shot. Because I don't think he misses the next debate. You know, it was sort of a gamble. It did what it was supposed to do for him. I don't think he misses the next debate. And they didn't take advantage of it at all. And I don't think you don't think Nikki that.
1: Haley did that. I, I mean, I really think if anybody had a strategy, I think she had a strategy, which is, well, I, th- I think DeSantis' strategy was to come in and deliver the lines he wanted to deliver and avoid the questions. Not a Though, p- I'm, like though a, I'm a fan. You think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 Nikki, <laughs> but Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm here to be Margaret Thatcher. I'm here to be the first female candidate for president from the Republican Party. I have chops. I say what I mean. I'm articulate.
3: So I loved it because I thought she got good, great clips and Mm -hmm. uh, really respect her as a formidable candidate. But if you get into a debate with Vivek Ramaswamy, it's like... (laughs) how serious are you really i mean i would have i would have just basically ignored him you know yeah. like, who is he you know i know he's standing in the center of the stage but who's that and then proceeded with whatever my case was going to be i think she got down into the mud with him in a way that gave her some zingers gave her some tweets etc but I just wasn't as high on it as some other people were. Before this, folks won't know, I did circulate the David Brooks piece. Folks should go read it because he's really standing for Nikki Haley. And I think it was just we know what her resume is. And as a consequence, those of us who are desperate for an adult in the room look to her and say, yeah, maybe she does have that kind of Thatcher-esque effect. But I wasn't persuaded by the debate performance.
0: Yeah, the thing is, though, is that she did what she needed to do. Nikki Haley articulated her positions. She got off the zingers that she wanted and she established what she wanted to do. And I can guarantee you that the conservative base doesn't want it. I mean, we know where she stands. She's a known entity. And, and, you know, I don't think that conservatives really want that old guard anymore. And she whether it's fair or not, she does represent that old school neocon establishment wing of the party. They, they tried to paint DeSantis the same way. I mean, and you're right. I think a lot of the candidates spent way too much time focusing on uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And I think that's because he got a little bit higher in the polls. But again, that's another guy who doesn't have much substance. He doesn't have much in the way of ideas. Every single one of his ideas that he's articulated from where I sit is just designed to get clicks to get clout and to you know rattle things up. But it's not stuff that he would actually do. If he actually got into office. So I think it's a it's a sad state of affairs if you're a Republican looking at this.
1: Nikki Haley has absolutely captured the Jeb Bush wing of the Republican Party. Okay, (laughs) so (laughs) she's going to she's going to (laughs) trounce among that like six and a half percent. Right. Right. Right.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, thanks for engaging on this. It's just. I really thought they had an opportunity not to move on, but it was going to be sort of the first stake in the ground as they tried to lever themselves away from Donald Trump. And it was, it was wasted.
0: If you would like to be a part of the debate, email us. The debate at newsweek.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on auto trader, new cars, used cars, electric cars,